Are you ready to take your message, your business, and your life to the next level? Want to learn from someone with more than a decade of experience, training tens of thousands of people from all around the world? Hi, Cliff. This is Pauline from Auckland, New Zealand. John from Calgary, Alberta. Amy Porterfield. Michael Hyatt. Dan here from Dunedin, New Zealand. Ray Edwards. Mark Mason. Mike Stelzner. Pat from Smart Passive Income. It's Darren from Melbourne, Australia. Now is the time to live the life of your dreams and do the work you feel most called to do in the world. Welcome back, my friend. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the Cliff Ravenscraft Show. One of my favorite things about that opening jingle and the the words that go along with now is the time to live the life of your dreams and do the work you feel most called to do in this world. And that is exactly what I've been doing in 2020. Don't get me wrong. There have been plenty of things in this world that just haven't gone according to expectations, nor the way that we would desire the world to be. Things just don't simply always add up to our model of how we believe the world ought to be. And 2020 is certainly a case for that. There, There is the coronavirus of course, we didn't hear much more about the murder hornets, but I, I assume they're still out there somewhere. There is the terrible injustice that happened to George Floyd and has always happened, unfortunately, to people of darker skin in our country. There's enough out there to fill you with anger, rage, worry, fear, doubt, insecurity, and all of these things. And... If you've been listening to this podcast for quite some time, you know that I experienced something in September of 2019, and I've talked about it here in this podcast several times, and that is something came over me after a great deal of time of meditation over the types of things that God has been speaking into my heart through amazing conversations with great coaches and mentors, and then insights pouring in from books that I've read, courses that I've taken, and and then all of a sudden, just out of seemingly out of nowhere, this overwhelming sense of peace, joy, love, abundance, fulfillment, it, it, it overtook me in a powerful way. And I was riding this high all day long that day. But the crazy thing is, is I woke up the next day and it was still there. And that happened day after day after day. And, well, it's June 22nd, 2020, and it's still there. In fact, operating from this place of peace, joy, love, and abundance, and just absolute fulfillment... And the decision to do so, regardless of any outside circumstances, no matter how bad things may be, no matter how awesome things may be, but a commitment to to be at peace, to experience joy, to be aware of the abundance of opportunity around me, to live life fulfilled 
according to what I feel that God, my creator, had created me to do on this earth, to the best of my ability, each moment of each day, I want to pursue that. And I have. Now, have I done it perfectly? No. Does that mean that I haven't had some other emotions, that a little bit of anxiety has crept in or a little bit of fear about something has crept in? No, those things are gifts from God. They're called emotions and they're a part of of my entire makeup. It's just that I, I don't dwell in fear. I don't dwell in anxiety. I don't dwell in rage or anger. It's not to say that I don't get them, but I see them as warning signals of things that need to change, things that need to shift. And rather than waiting for hours, days, weeks, or months, or sometimes years or decades, I've decided I'm no longer going to sit with those gifts, those emotions, those even those negative emotions. I, I'm going to see them and I'm going to evaluate. What is this trying to tell me? Oh, it says that I'm yeah, okay, well, is this what I feel called to live in this world? Is this is this going to make me the, say the kind of things that a husband would say to his wife? Or is, is this going to cause me to say the kind of things that a father wants to say to his children? Is this going to cause me to treat my clients the way that, that, an, that a loving, caring business person would treat his clients? No. Okay, well, that I feel called to be at peace with my wife and my kids and and to serve my clients at the highest level and my well I I I want to serve my wife and my kids at the highest level as well. So I'm I'm going to pursue the life for which I was created and when those things and and don't get me wrong the, the coronavirus hit everything shut down there was a there was there was just what I would say a moment of oh my gosh what does this mean? There were a couple days that I allowed myself to think about I wonder if if I will see clients drop off as a result of people losing their jobs or you know very real questions it's it's like that, that that's not oh my gosh I'm falling back into a mindset of scarcity again that's not what that was that was just hey let's see the world and what's going on and see things as they truly are but then I not like I, I didn't dwell in that and like all my all of a sudden create worst case scenarios in my mind and played them as a movie through my head over and over again. But I did ask the question. I thought it was a valid question to ask. I'm sure most everyone asked that question, who has the business? And some people did see some pretty traumatic things happen. But I got to the place, it's like, okay, well, what can I do to just make sure that I'm still doing what I'm called to do. If people leave me because they have financial hardship as a result of the coronavirus, there's nothing I can do about what happens to them, but I can handle what happens to me and how I show up in the world. And I'm showed, I'm called to show up and love and serve my clients at the highest level. And that's what I'm going to continue to do. And if somebody needs to leave because of financial reasons related to directly to this coronavirus thing, I, I'm going to still make it. I am. I'm going to continue to serve. I will find clients who weren't impacted. I don't believe for a moment that the entire world is going to impact, be impacted negatively. I know there will be industries that will benefit from the shift in focus and, and certain things shutting down. It will require new things and some, some businesses will, and, and maybe I'll pick up new clients in that area. And so I began to say to myself, okay, I see that that could be happening. And it's like, okay, now 
what am I committed to? And that's what happened. I, I just got out of, I, I could have been tempted to go down a period of time where all of a sudden I would struggle and, and worry and, and be filled with all this stuff, which typically when I've done that in the past, I would find myself paralyzed from taking positive actions forward. I, and and by the way, that means that I probably would have been ruminating in my mind about all the things that could go wrong, and I would sit there and and maybe not do as much and things like that, and then all of a sudden, who knows, maybe I didn't show up as powerfully as I normally would, and maybe some clients who could have made it through may have said, yeah, you know what, I think I'm going to bow out for a while if you don't mind, and, and I might see a couple clients drop off, which would have been a significant impact on my income. And then, of course, that could have had a, a, a trailing effect if I allowed myself to feel the weight of that pressure financially and then think, oh my gosh, this is just the beginning of the dominoes and, and, and create a picture in my mind. But I didn't. Instead, I, I said, okay, I see, I see what's going on in the world. And I mean, it, it's, it's not unrealistic for me to expect that, or, not, or to suspect, not expect. I did not expect that it was going to hit me but I suspected that it could. And I didn't think that that was unrealistic for me to consider. It's not seeing anything in the world as worse than it is, but it's seeing things as it truly was. And so, by golly, I, I thought about that for a little bit, and I'm like, okay, but what what is within my control? Being at peace, experiencing joy every day, understanding there's an abundance of opportunity all over the world around me, and choosing to feel, live a fulfilled life today and every day, whether I'm isolated slash quarantined slash social, social distancing from the world, whether or not conferences are canceled that I was supposed to speak at, all that stuff, none of that can really affect whether or not I choose to experience peace, joy, love, satisfaction, and and see the world of abundance around me. I, I'm just going to choose that, and I did. Now, thankfully for me, and I know this wasn't true for everyone, and I know I'm incredibly blessed, and I'm filled with gratitude, but since the beginning of this entire coronavirus thing, I have not lost a single client, not one. And I did have two of them who reached out to me, who thought they might actually have to bow out. Uh, they said, you know, I just, I know you like a 30-day notice, and I just want to let you know things are not looking good right now. And when I got those messages, I didn't freak out. I, I said, why don't we schedule a call and let's chat? Both of those people are in the process of reinventing some of the ways that they do things, some of the things that they're approaching. And, well, that conversation was three months ago, and they're still in the next level mastermind today. Not because I tried to convince them. I was okay if they said that they needed to go. I, I knew that this is something that could potentially happen. And I had already said, if that happens, that's okay. It's not gonna damage my relationship with them. I will still look for ways in my margin to touch base with those folks. I love these folks. I've had such an amazing opportunity to do life with them. But no, I, I, I showed up fully present in a sense of peace and calm, and I listened and asked questions, and then they walked away from those conversations with some new, fresh ideas, perspective, and insight, and and they changed their approach. And no, they haven't left, and nor is there any indication that they will at any point in 2020. 
And as a result of showing up with peace, love, joy, and abundance every single day, I'm like, you know what? This is pretty cool. And, and I'm still looking for new people who could benefit from an environment where other people are committed to living at the highest level. You know, who people who, are, who gravitate towards uh, the good things in life. Matter of fact, I want to share with you something that came out of this time. I, in fact, I'm like, you know what I love? I, I love the business that I've built today. I love the clients that I work with today out of this came up with like, what is it about my clients that's allowing me to experience a business opportunity where I've not been impacted, but I actually see things growing during this season of the coronavirus. And it had a lot to do with the fact that I have been very, I've, I've set my standards high for who it is that I work with. And let me share with you a list that I came up with. It's like, you know what? I should write these things down. And I did. It's I created a note. It's called my favorite client attributes. And the first one here is my clients have the desire, capacity, and a willingness to serve others at the highest level, which those are three different things, by the way. I know people, by the way, that are not clients that have a desire to serve others at the highest level, but they don't have the capacity to do it. I know people who have a desire and the capacity to serve others at the highest level, but not a willingness. So my clients have a desire, the capacity, and a willingness to serve others at the highest level. Now, the next attribute goes a step further. My clients have a strong commitment to be of service to others. And by the way, there's a very big difference between commitment and obligation. One of my favorite Rich Litvin quotes is, busy people are oftentimes over-obligated and under-committed. Continuing on, another attribute of my favorite clients is they're high-level thinkers that gravitates towards a positive outlook in life. That doesn't mean that they don't see things as they truly are, but they, they look for opportunity. They say, okay, I see that this is coming around the bend. Ooh, that was a major painful failure. What does this make possible? Every setback, every temporary defeat, it's always got it within it a seed of equal opportunity. And that's the kind of clients that are, are able to accept that kind of mindset, that, that, that gravitate and lean towards the positive. My favorite at- clients have the attribute of leader. Even though not all of my clients are potential clients, when they are potential clients, not only not all of them uh, recognize that leadership is one of their superpowers, but I look for leaders, people who have people that are following them. All of my favorite clients are high achievers. They have achieved things that most people would consider to be impossible in life and wouldn't dare to dream of doing those things. In fact, some of those clients uh, take for granted just how special their achievements are. I, I work with people who have done things that would blow your mind, and they sometimes suffer from imposter syndrome. I can't sell a course for this much. I can't, you know, charge this much. And I'm like, oh, have I been there? But let, let's make a list of some of the things that you've been able to accomplish. And and boy, have you ever had anybody send you an email and say, can I ask you a question? All the time, I get 50 to 100 of them a month. Yeah, I bet you some of those people would pay you much more than you would imagine <laughs> to to have a conversation with you. Another favorite attribute, lifelong learner, devoted to unceasing 
personal and professional growth. They're always learning something new. They're always jumping into a new book. They're always jumping into a new online course. They're the type of people that that consume documentaries. The, these are the people who are out there from all of their failures, not just saying, oh, what was me and quitting, but they're saying, oh, what can I learn from this and, and evaluate it? They're, these are people who celebrate a big, huge success, and they don't just go on and forget about it. It's like, but hey, what clues does this success lead behind that I can learn from? They're lifelong learners. That's what my clients are. My clients have marketable skills in abundance. Because of their high achieving nature and their commitment to unceasing personal and professional growth, they have established a long list of skills that serve them and either do or could serve others at the highest level. So because they are studying and, and, and growing all of the time, they, there's way more than just one thing that they can make money doing to get paid for, to add value to other people's lives. Another attribute of my favorite clients, extremely coachable. They're able to receive an insight immediately in a conversation or anywhere practically and see how that insight can be implemented for themselves. This means that in a conversation, uh, all of a sudden, they'll say, well, I can't do that because of this, this, and this. And I'm like, well, have you ever thought about this? And then they just sit there for a moment and go, oh. And then it goes silent. And if they're extremely coachable, what they're doing in that silence is they're reevaluating their current circumstances in light of this new insight, this new way of seeing the world. And then they're reevaluating, what would have my past looked like if I would have, only, if I would have known this back in the past. And more important than that, they start thinking about what they're going after in life because my clients are always going after something new in life. They're always growing. So they're evaluating, oh, wow, this, and, and often the phrase comes out, that changes everything. Yeah, it does. They're extremely coachable. I love it. My clients are self-motivated and self-startered self-starters, I should say. They're self-motivated and self-started. How's that? My clients also struggle to find others who are performing in life at their level. This often leaves them feeling lonely. When they're faced with a problem, they rarely have someone to turn to who can give them insightful advice. Now, don't get me wrong. Most of the people that I, I consider to be potential clients who have all of these other attributes, they have people around them. Those people often give them advice but it's not often insightful advice. You see, they rarely have people in their lives that they can bounce ideas off of who understand the types of issues that are faced when doing life at their level. So th this is something that came out of this whole coronavirus. It's like, let's, let's see here. So how how is it that I've been so incredibly blessed during this entire thing? And I mean, we're we're already at June twenty second, twenty twenty now. I have not lost a single client as a result of coronavirus. I looked at my list and I'm like, oh wow, that's because every single one of these people have these traits, these qualities. And that makes them extremely adaptable to the outside world of when the environment changes, they can change with it. They have the ability to adapt and adjust. They have experienced enough success that momentum carries them forward, even through times 
that may seem extremely difficult. And this is a variety of different professions. My clients are, I've got attorneys, I have physical therapists, I have, uh, I have all kinds of di- firefighters, I've got, I've got all kinds of different folks who are in all sorts of different occupations, but they all have those attributes. So if I'm looking for new clients, I wanted to com- combine or to, to build a new list of, of attributes, and I want to set this as a standard. Matter of fact, everybody that I choose to go after as a new client, I won't go after them if they don't live up to these standards. And they're high standards. Get me right. Don't hear me wrong. But if I'm going to bring somebody into my next level mastermind, or if I'm going to accept somebody as a one-on-one coaching client, in 2019, at the end of the year last year, I made a pretty bold commitment that I'm shifting my focus moving forward. I'm changing some of my big goals. I'm shutting some things down and I'm going deep. I am going deep versus wide. I'm changing my focus on uh, reaching tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of people and blah, 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 and all this other stuff to saying, you know what? I'd love to have about 30 clients or less that I serve at the highest level that I show up in their lives in ways that they could have never dreamed possible when I proposed that we work together. And that's exactly what I've done. It's one of the reasons why there's not much content here in the Cliff Ravenscraft Show, because I have been focused on the things that matter most to the way that I've intentionally decided to show up in this world. So that's what's been going on in my world. Here and and I, and I absolutely have been enjoying life, and I've been loving it. And I know that not everyone has, but I believe that there is an opportunity for everyone to experience this kind of mindset. I really do. It's why it's why I've chosen to pursue Mindset Answer Man as my brand versus Podcast Answer Man. And this is the work that I felt most called to do. And that's what I'm doing. It's, and that's what I love. And one of the things uh, that came out last episode, right before this episode, what was that, 643? It was titled A Lifetime Supply of Life-Changing Insights. And in that episode, I shared with you more than 10 resources, most of them books, but a couple of them audio courses from Tony Robbins but I shared my top 10 plus resources that if I never read another brand new book, took another brand new course, and I had, if I lived another 50 years and I only was able to tap into those resources, what would they be? Even though those are the only things I could read, I couldn't read anything new, couldn't study anything new, I only had those, but my life would be exponentially better every single year. My relationships would be deeper. My my quality of life would be higher. My income would increase. All of my life overall would be exponentially better year after year after year. What would those and those are the resources. And so recently I've made the decision to go and get the physical equivalent of all of those resources. I already had the physical equivalent of the audio course programs. Unfortunately, there's no written version of Tony Robbins's audio courses. I will continue to listen to those in audio form. But what I did is I took all of those books that are, were listed in episode 643. If you haven't listened to it, you can go back and get the list. So what I did is I took all of those books that I mentioned 
And I had listened to, the, to all of those books several times in audiobook format or read them in Kindle format. But I made the decision to go buy the physical version of all those books. I actually added to the list. So there were other books. I, I, see, I'm not limited to 10 resources, so I actually purchased quite a bit more. I think I've purchased about $300 in physical books recently, and it has a lot to do with an office remodel that I'm doing and and stuff like that. But I got a box of highlighters, and one of the things that I'm doing is each day I come into my office and I sit here at my desk and the way that I've built my schedule this year, I, I only have scheduled activities, scheduled calls on Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. So every Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday, there's never anything on my calendar as far as a, a, a scheduled activity where I have to meet with anybody at any place or at any time. So I have every Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday, four days a week where I get to do life whatever I want. I don't have to do any business activity whatsoever for me to have the business lifestyle that I have today, which is the most profitable I've ever experienced in my life. That could be, by the way, argued. I have, I've had years in the past when I was podcast answer man where I made well over a half million dollars. And it, the only thing different is I was working, there were se- almost half of the year, I was working a minimum of 40 hours a week and sometimes 60 to 70 hours a week to be able to generate that. And the cool thing is, is that I, I work a lot less hours now. But one of the things that I could say is that I, if you if you were to include, well, hey, if you sit there and, and take a course that helps improve what what you do professionally, which I coach people on mindset and uh, application of of taking changing behavior and and taking action and moving forward and setting big dreams and goals and achieving them. Well, if you consider that if I I spend time taking courses and and all this other stuff and and reading books and outlining them and taking notes on them well okay maybe maybe I do work <laughs> I still work 40 to 60 hours a week but it's doing stuff that I love now versus things that I used to kind of just get I was bored of and and I kind of despised doing that some of the stuff that I was doing years ago or at least I got to despise them so anyway, one of the things that I've been doing, and I just want to let you know that I've I've been podcasting every single week, at least once a week here in 2020. You just may not have picked up the clues that I've left trailed in this podcast. But I have another podcast called The Audio Journal. It is my Patreon podcast, so I, it, it it's behind a little bit of a paywall. It's $10 a month. And it may not have be, be of any interest to you, but if if you happen to be the type of person who really gets a ton of value out of the episodes that I've put out into the world of podcast content, and you'd like to have more of those insights, well, every single week I'm sharing my audio journal. And my audio journal is me sharing what am I experiencing in life, the good, the bad, how am I processing it? What are my thought? Pro- what's my thought process related to what I'm facing? What actions am I going to take? Here are the things that I'm struggling with, but here's how. Here's my plan of action for overcoming them. Here's some advice that I've been given, and this is whether I, this is my thought on whether or not I'm going to take that advice or not take that advice. Here's the decision I made as a result of all of my evaluation of all my options. Okay, I've taken that action. Here's my results. I failed miserably. Here is what I've learned from that failure and how I'm going to change and adapt. That's what that that's the audio journal. 
And by the way, there are, I think I just released like episode 178 or something like that, or something crazy like that. And I just started that in November 2018. So it's, it's, it'll be two years this November, but there's already 178 episodes. And since I bought, bought all these books, you know, I'm like, I want to, I, I, let me stop for just a second. One of the crazy thoughts that crossed my mind this year, this is going to sound crazy. I was thinking about launching 20 podcasts in 2020 and not 20 podcast episodes, 20 new podcast shows. And they'd be evergreen, like they would be amazing podcasts, kind of like virtualassistantpodcast.com. There are 38 episodes that I recorded back in, I think it was 2010. And uh, anyway, I, I, I could do that. But I, I was thinking, crazy, I was thinking, I might launch 20 podcasts in 2020. So far, I have not taken action on that, and that's fine. I've made a determination. I'm only going to create content of any nature only when I feel inspired to do so. And one of the things that I've been inspired to do is to make a commitment, not an obligation, but a commitment to record at least one episode per week of the audio journal for those who are within this community called my true fans, the people who really want to know the behind the scenes stuff that's going on. Like for example, there are I think 18 updates over the course of a year in the audio journal that are called keto updates. Keto update number one, keto update number two, keto update number three. These aren't all in sequential order. They're all, they're peppered in within all the episodes of the audio journal. And so the idea was, you know, I could actually create Cliff's Notes on the Ketogenic Lifestyle would be a podcast. And I could just pull out those however many podcast episodes there are and just pull those out and release those as 20 episodes of Cliff's Notes on the Ketogenic Lifestyle. To give you another idea, so I I got all these physical books and I decided to pull out Think and Grow Rich, one of the most influential books in successful people's lives. I look at all the entrepreneurs and, and the people who are the wealthiest people I've ever met and known, and there is one book that if you were to ask these people, and or when I ask these people, what's the number one book, or what's the top three to five books that you would recommend I would read that have impacted and influenced your success the most? Almost all of them have the book Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill, at the top of their list. Not all of them, by the way. So it's, it's shocking to me the, the multi-multi-millionaires that have achieved what they've achieved in life and have never read the book Think and Grow Rich, which is pretty fascinating, given the high percentage of the other people who attribute so much of their success. But what I've learned is those people have likely been influenced and have learned the principles of success that other people had gotten from Think and Grow Rich and that have been mentored into them, potentially. It seems to be the workaround. Because the one thing I know is I, I study the lives of some of my friends who are multimillionaires who have never read this book, and I look at the actions that they take in life, and their actions in life are directly proportional to the philosophy of success that's outlined in Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. So anyway... I've read this book in the past a couple times, but only I, I read it once in Kindle version, and I remember highlighting the heck out of it, but quite frankly, I, I wasn't in a place where I understood much of it. It, it was like n- so much new information, and I'm like, really? This seems, this seems pretty out 
there. And this is before I, I gosh, I had a really bad mindset back in these days. Uh, it was, st- I mean, I was, I was expanding my mindset. Otherwise, I wouldn't have been reading the book. But it was 2010 when I read it for the first time. And then there are two other times that I do recall that I I had listened to the audio version of it. But oftentimes the audio version when I'm driving or something like that, I'll I'll hear something and and the narrator continues to read on while my mind is going down a completely different path. And so it wasn't as in-depth as the first time I read it. But now that I have this physical version, I'm sitting here and I'm following the instructions found in the front of, let me pull something out here. This original 1937 reprint of the original text, and it says here, there's a note inside of it, it says, this is not a novel. It's a textbook on individual achievement that came directly from the experiences of hundreds of America's most successful men. It should be studied, digested, and meditated upon. No more than one chapter should be read in a single night. The reader should underline the sentences which impress him most. Later, he should go back to these marked lines and read them again. A real student will not merely read this book. He will absorb its contents and make them his own. And my friends, this is exactly what I was talking about in episode 643 before I ever read that little note in the front of that version of Think and Grow Rich. So... I mean, not. I don't do that for every book. Not every book has that this many dense insights. But all of those, all of those resources from episode six forty three, all have that level of care that should be given to the words on those pages. Almost all of them. Anyway, I, I so I pulled out my copy of Think and Grow Rich. And I've got the other. I had the other stack of books off to the side. And I'm like, let me pull up this book, and I started to read. And I, I, I got, I'm like literally reading the preface and the first line is like, oh, I should highlight that. And I'm like, okay, so I highlight it. And then I, I read a couple more lines and then the next paragraph, I'm like, oh, I should highlight that. And I highlighted it. And and I, I've highlighted more than 50% on practically every page in this book. Not only am I highlighting, I'm underlining certain text. I'm circling certain words. I'm putting parentheses, parentheses around specific chapters. I'm drawing arrows to wor- the, to the comments that I'm I'm literally writing with a pen in the margin. It's insane. And get this. So I record this podcast called The Audio Journal, right? And I decided, you know what, I'm going to record a podcast, talk about what I've been doing the last couple of days, and and I shared how I remodeled my office. I, I've got a clean, a simple, simplified working space. I feel just inspired to be creative here, and this is what I've been doing. I bought these books, and these are why I bought the books, and I started outlining and Think and Grow Rich, and I'm reading it now for my fourth time, but I'm going on a deep dive and taking the most complex, detailed notes you could possibly imagine, and this thing is hitting different. <laughs> this this is hitting different. Oh my gosh, there's so much I'm picking up this time that I never picked up any previous time that was in this book. It's like it's like I've come to a place where all of a sudden it's I'm ready for a complete, more complete, not not to say that I've mastered it, but a more complete understanding of what is being said on these pages, and it's jumping out at me. And so I started rambling on for an hour and 15 minutes just giving my overview of just the preface in the first chapter. That's it. I put that episode out for free, by the way. You can find it at mindsetanswerman.com 
slash audio journal, or if you if you go to mindsetanswerman.com slash audio journal, that's going to forward you to my Patreon page, which is patreon.com slash Cliff Ravenscraft. It's episode 168. It's It's available for free. I will tell you, it's the audio journal. It's a little rambly because when I hit the recording button, yeah, the record button on my device here, I did not have an outline. I had a book that just had, it it looked like, it looks like a highlighter factory exploded (laughs) over the pages. Uh, And and so I was just random, it's like, Hey guys, let me tell you about how excited I am about creating, you know, just a, a deeper dive study of Think and Grow Rich. And so for an hour and 15 minutes, I'm just flipping through the pages all out of order, but just all of these insights that are leaping from the pages and sharing my thoughts on those. And so if you want, you can go listen to that episode. It's episode 168 of the Audio Journal. You can find it at patreon.com slash cliffravenscraft or mindsetanswerman.com slash audio journal. Either way, it'll take you there, but you're gonna have to scroll down and look for episode 168. You'll notice that a lot of the episodes, there are only podcast episodes as posts on my Patreon. And most of them say you have to become a patron to be able to access this post. But if you scroll down to episode 168, you will see that that episode is available for you to listen to for free. If you're interested in my thoughts, my initial thoughts, of reading Think and Grow Rich this time around. But then here's what's been happening. Now, normally, I record at least one episode per week every single week of the Audio Journal. I've been doing that since November 2018. But there are times when I'm experiencing some significant things in my life that I wanna share more. And so that's why there's already 178 episodes, or yeah, is it 178? No, it's 174. There's already 174 episodes since November because there are sometimes I record more than one episode per week. And here's what happened. I, I released episode 168 and then I read a couple more. It's like, wait a second, you know what? There's still so much more in these highlighted things. Just in the first preface in the first chapter, I want to record another one. And I, I recorded an episode that was 28 minutes. Are you ready to receive it? Which is where I talk about how and why I believe that this is speaking to me at a whole new level today compared to the first few times that I read this book. I, I gave some really clear thought on that. And matter of fact, it, there's a lot of things from the author's preface from Napoleon Hill. It says, listen, when you're ready for this, it will jump out at you. And boy, was he right. After that, I recorded a 21-minute episode titled Three Feet from the Gold. And by the way, I'm not reading you this book. What I'm doing is I'm reading just a quote from the book and saying, hey, there's a story about R.U. Darby, a guy who was a gold prospector who failed after uh, investing tons of money from friends and family into this gold mining operation back in the gold rush days. And he ends up uh, hitting gold and thinks he's going to become a millionaire and Turns out the whole thing dries up and he gives up and sells all of his stuff to a junk man. And then he goes back home defeated. And it took him years to pay back the the investment money from the family and friends that he borrowed. But the junk man 
went and sought out an expert who had experience with geological things, and turns out that the guy said, hey, it, it, unfortunately, the guy that sold you this land didn't know anything about fault lines, and I tell you right now, my expert opinion is that if you dig three feet deeper, you're going to hit that vein of gold again, and sure enough, it became one of the wealthiest gold mines in Colorado, and so um, are, are you going how many times have People failed in life be- to get what they want because they stopped three feet short of their goal or the gold. Basically, what I did is I just kind of illustrated that, and I'm like, "Well, here's my experiences of of what it looks like, you know, and 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 how I've how my understanding of this philosophy has always kept me to keep going. And there's some significant failures that I've had, but look at where I am today. And it's like, and and I, yeah. So that 21 minutes of that. And then I recorded a 36-minute episode titled Knowing What You Want. And it's really the biggest struggle that most people have is, is, is actually giving them permission to want things, especially if they're financial. And so I did a 36-minute episode on that principle from this book. And then I did a 23-minute episode on the Carnegie Secret, which is talked about in the author's preface as well. It's pretty powerful. It's really what's helped me open up completely and be available to understand exactly what this this entire book is all about and how simple this book really is. And then after that, I did a 30-minute episode titled, Was Napoleon Hill a Scam Artist and a Fraud? Because I got so excited about uh, episode 168, I shared it on Facebook, and a friend of mine who I respect and love said, hey, Cliff, I remember that book. It was one of the first motivational books I ever read, and it really encouraged me in a powerful way. It, and he says, it wasn't until recently that I learned that um, Napoleon Hill was a scam artist and a fraud. And then he linked to an article that was written uh, in 2016, and it's an extremely lengthy article. The author of the article spent two years investigating the life of Napoleon Hill, and creates an argument for this guy being a total scam artist, a liar, and a fraud. And I'm like, wow. I And I spent over an hour reading that article, and and I let it wash over me what it was saying and stuff like that, and I evaluated, is this true, and, and stuff like that. And then all of a sudden, I'm like, wow. If I'm recording all these episodes and I'm inspiring people to to go deeper and to think and grow rich and the philosophy of success inside of it, if there's the possibility that this stuff that it's in this article is true about Napoleon Hill, I should probably t- at least tell my audience that this is out there. And if you want to hear my thoughts on it after reading it and why, eh, I, I'm not I'm not buying into this article's uh, version of the story, uh, but even still, even if Napoleon Hill did, even if some or even half or even more than half of some of those things were true in that article, which I, 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 I'm doubtful of. But even then, would that impact the truth of universal principles that always work? And so anyway, I, so I recorded episode 173 of the audio journal titled, Was Napoleon Hill a Scam Artist and a Fraud? By the way, I felt compelled to also make that episode available for free. So if you go to patreon.com slash cliff ravenscraft or mindsetanswerman.com slash audio journal either one will take you there scroll down and look for episode 173 so you can actually get episode 168 and 173 
of the audio journal for free. So it gives you an hour and 17 minutes of my overall jumbled thoughts of how freaking passionate I am about this book and the insights that are just jumping off the page at me. And then you can skip a couple episodes and listen to episode 173 where I give you my evaluation of a very lengthy article and why I'm going to continue to not only read this book, study this book, absorb the, the principles in this book, test them for myself, for myself and continue to apply, the, uh, to continue to suggest other people read this book in light of what I read in this article. If you want to know all of that, you can listen to that 30-minute episode in episode 173. But then after I did that, I recorded episode 174 titled, No More Effort is Required. Not that there's no effort required to get success success in life, but the idea that you're already putting forth effort in your life. And if your life is consistently one failure after another, one trial after another, one problem after another, one upset heartache after another, you're already putting a significant amount of effort into your thought life that creates that world. And what this principle states is that there is no more effort for you to become success conscious than failure conscious. And it's a much bigger uh, principle than than I want to go into here. The episode is 32 and a half minutes long in and of itself, and that's episode 174. So in essence, let me just count this up here. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. I recorded seven podcast episodes within 26 hours of one another related to the first two chapters of Think and Grow Rich. Seven podcast episodes in 26 hours. So basically in, 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 the, in the time frame of a day. And I am almost finished with chapter two. And this is, a, is now a series called Cliff's Notes on Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. Now, I'm not releasing this as a separate podcast, at least not right away, not right now, maybe never. But the thing is, is it? Who knows? I could, I could. This was kind of the ideas. Cliff's notes on this. Cliff's notes on that. Cliff's notes on that. That's what I was thinking about the potential of 20 podcasts in 2020. But personally, right now, that just isn't something I feel compelled to do. I love that I can just, you know, read a couple new lines of and pages in this book, outline the heck of it, write some notes, and then hit the record button. Anyway, if so if you're interested, I just want to let you guys know, the Cliff Ravenscraft show, I made a commitment that I will only create content here when I feel inspired to do so. And as you have seen, there's not been a ton of content here. But if you've been, man, I wish I had some more content from Cliff Ravenscraft. There's at least one episode per week of the audio journal that's available to you. And look out, audio journal subscribers. You know who you are. There were already seven episodes within the time frame of approximately one day. And I I, I feel like, I, now I could, I reserve the right to change my mind, but I feel like I could actually do probably, you know, 30, 40 episodes, maybe even more 
on just Think and Grow Rich, and I may continue this process until, I'll continue it until I stop feeling inspired to do so, but the audio journal subscribers, no matter what, are gonna get at least one episode per week. So I just wanted to come out here and just tell you what's going on in my world. Uh, Hopefully you've found enough value from this episode, at least an inspiration maybe, to go read the book, Think and Grow Rich, if you've never read it. If you've read it a long time ago, you might wanna go back and read it again. Even my fourth time, it's finally hitting me for the first time just how powerful this book is. Well, guys, I don't know when my next episode of the Cliff Ravenscraft show will be, but I will be back again sometime in 2020, I'm sure. Maybe next month I'll record another episode for you. If you don't want to wait until then, head over to mindsetanswerman.com slash audio journal or patreon.com slash Cliff Ravenscraft. You can subscribe to the audio journal. It's $10 a month. And if you do that, you can actually get a podcast feed that you can put into your favorite podcast app. And all of these episodes get delivered to you. You can actually go back and listen to all 174 episodes if you like and catch up and find out what's been going on in my life ever since I started this podcast. Hey, thank you so much. Until next time, I encourage you to live with peace, joy, abundance. See everything that's awesome that's around you. Focus on those things. And until next time, I encourage you to take everything you do to the next level. Mindset and man.